0: Y'all can talk about all these viruses, and that's good,
1: but you can't forget the main one. It's plaguing us, bro.
0: It's time now for the People's War Radio Show, where we do talk about the main virus.
2: And that is colonialism.
1: Why I can't live live. Colonial virus
0: Is why I can't can't breathe. Colonial virus Yo that thing gotta go We don't wanna have to deal with this Every week Here on the People's
2: World Radio Show We talk with healthcare workers, activists, revolutionaries, authors, teachers, and regular people from the African community. We aim to bring you an African internationalist analysis on all things important to winning our freedom from colonialism. The The root of all our problems.
3: Why I'm poor.
0: The colonial virus keeps me at war. The colonial virus.
2: More of this
1: Colonial
2: Virus.
3: Down, Down with the, the, colonial colonial virus. Virus. the Colonial Virus. Colonial Down with the Colonial Virus. We had 889 parts per billion of lead in one lady' house whose daughter had just had a baby. 889 parts per billion of lead in someone's water that will kill you that will kill you we don't even know how many people have died from this you know i consider the the governor whitmer and marcus Muhammad as killers they they knew this 3 years ago and did exactly nothing and now people they they, they offer him some bottles of water to the community and people are trying to look at them like they heroes these are murderers. That's what they We don't even know how many people have died from this water. We don't have a clue.
1: That was Reverend Edward Pinckney of the Benton Harbor Water Council on lead poisoning and the subsequent water crisis in the southwestern Michigan city of Benton Harbor. Uhuru, and welcome to the People's War Radio Show. I'm Dr. Matsumella Odom.
2: And I'm Dexter Mlamwingu. Uhuru means freedom in Swahili, and freedom is on our minds 24-7. Today
1: on the People's War Radio Show, we are looking at the water crisis in Benton Harbor, Michigan. Benton Harbor is a post-industrial city in southwest Michigan, in the vicinity of Kalamazoo and Grand Rapids. The population of Benton Harbor is overwhelmingly African. Benton Harbor is 85% black, and more than 45% of its residents live below the poverty line. Years ago, Benton Harbor residents began to notice bubbly white water coming out of their taps that some described as looking like Alka-Seltzer.
2: Residents began to raise the alarm, but local and state officials did nothing. After years of complaints, a 2018 study was finally done that showed the presence of lead in the Benton Harbor water at rates that exceeded the highest point of the Flint water crisis. That was three years ago. At the same time, the neighboring white city of St. Joseph is 85% white and has a poverty rate of only 7%. Their water is clean. The Guardian newspaper quoted an African mother from Benton Harbor named Bobby Clay as saying, all the cities around us got good clean water and we don't.
1: The Benton Harbor water crisis is another example of the colonial virus. The Benton Harbor water crisis, the Flint water crisis, and all other environmental crises are the result of an unjust economic system in which white people in the U.S. and Europe, who make up less than 20% of the world's population, consume over 80% of the
2: world's resources. This status quo is unsustainable, but we know there will never be peace until African people and colonized peoples all over the world have control over their own land and resources. Today we talk with two activists from Beddon Harbor, Reverend Edward Pinckney and I can Shelly, Sayero Oshosi.
1: A longtime activist, Reverend Edward Pinckney has organized for African independence in Benton Harbor in face of their subservience to the Whirlpool Corporation. Reverend Pinckney is the president and CEO of the Benton Harbor Water Council. He is also the leader and founder of the Black Autonomy Network Community Organization, Banco, as well as a member of the Black is Back Coalition
2: for Social Justice peace, and reparations. Akin Shile Sayera Oshosi is a member of the African People's Socialist Party and resides in Battle Creek, Michigan. He also works with the Louisiana United International Working Group in the Blackest Back Coalition. From 1969 to 1975, he was a member of the Black Panther Party. He continued his fight in defense of the constitutional rights of Beddon Harbor residents. Sayera was a lifelong revolutionary in spirit, deed, and thought. Welcome to the show, Reverend Pinckney, here in Segaro. Uhuru. Uhuru. Uhuru, comrades. Uhuru, comrades. Glad to have you on here today.
1: Uhuru. So, Reverend Pinckney, we touched on it a little bit at the top of the show, but can you explain the origins of the water crisis for us? Let me explain
3: how everything started. In 2018, uh, my good friend, Miss Emma Kennard, uh, her daughter came here to visit from Texas, and uh she wanted to take a bath and during the process of running the water she noticed that the water was was yellow with a lot of little particles in the water so uh her daughter called me and Emma Conrad uh, uh they told me what was happening i told them to get two jug- jugs of that water and take it to city hall and give it to Marcus Mohammed so he could look at it so they have it tested Emma Kinnah took the water to her, to him, and uh, he refused to look at it. Uh, that whole area that around the house one square blocks is known as a, a lead infected area. And uh, they have done nothing in reference to that. So she brought it back to me. I had sent it out to the University of Michigan Biological Lab and they tested the water and it came back with well over 300 parts per billion of lead in the water. And that's when the Benton Harbor Community Water Council went to work. Uh, we talked to the supervisor of the water plant. Uh, they had never completed 60 samples uh, of, of water testing. They have never had 60, probably in their whole history, I'm going to say. Uh, but they never had 60. And uh, O'Malley, at first, he was kind of, rough around the edges. He didn't want to want to talk. He didn't want to do this, but he knew that we knew. So that was the issue with him. We knew exactly what we knew. And then what we did, uh, he asked me to help him, uh, with the sampling of the water. And then we did the first year, uh, it came back, of uh, over 22 parts per billion, uh, 15 is the action level. And we knew it was a problem. The second year, Came back 24 parts per billion. And once again, over 15. And we knew that it, something has to be done. But then here's the key one. The last year, the third year, they have done nothing. And we went out and tested. Uh, we had did 63 samples. It came back 33 parts per billion. And, and at that time, they wanted me to go out and get 14 more to lower it down to something uh, 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 under 25. So we got enough. The Lord, which is criminal, really, Uh but we didn't know at that time that that was the reason for all this. So what we did, with, once we got that uh the samples, and it was it was 24 parts per billion, we knew that we had to do something. So what we did, we filed a petition with the EPA. And what that petition is, it's the first step before you can file a civil lawsuit against the federal government, the state government. And the city of Benton Harbor, you have to go through these changes of filing a, a petition with the EPA. And when we filed that petition, uh, the governor knew exactly what's coming next. So they pressured her to come out here and do things. And that's where we are today.
1: Wow, wow. Yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for that. Because um, now you talked about uh, it being some years ago. Exactly how many years ago was it that you recognized? Of this uh, the article said it was some years even before
3: twenty eighteen. Right, it, 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 but see, but on, in twenty eighteen we had documentation. It actually started in twenty fifteen, uh, but they didn't have documentation to prove what they were saying. So if you don't have documentation, then you can't you can't question it because you got to have documentation in order to uh, question the state and the federal government and the city of Benton Harbor. And but the city of Benton Harbor they knew but they care less. They, they they what do they care about people getting poisoned? you know, uh it's criminal what they did to to the people in Benton Harbor. And one thing that I want to note, even though we'll talk about it
1: a little bit is a lot of people speak of this in relationship to the Flint water crisis which was around the same time that you all were noticing it. But there's almost 200 miles in between Flint and Benton Harbor. I know some of the reports say nearby Yeah. Uh, uh, Flint, Michigan, but it's not really nearby. So, this is, I just think, really underscores an even deeper colonial contradiction. It's not like y'all have some runoff from Flint. This instead suggests that the African communities in Michigan, in Southwest and Southeast Michigan, are are dealing with the exact same things. And here's the thing
3: when you talk about Flint, I have a connection in Flint. You see, probably, you know, maybe 60% of the people. Our supporters of 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 uh, what we're doing. The, when I talk about the Black Autonomy Network Community Organization and the Benton Harbor Community Water Council, we're all connected. You know, not only in in Flint, Michigan, but also Detroit. Uh, we're connected, Ann Arbor. You know, Saginaw. These these are all our strongholds. So that's really how all this came about, more than anything else. Of uh, filing that petition. Was such a, a heavy thing because most of the time they don't think black people has the intelligence to go out and make a move like that. That was a devastating move to the governor and to the federal government. Because matter of fact, I was I was on the phone with uh I think her name is Miss McCarthy. She's she's in uh Biden office, and I was on the Bank of Lay show. And what she did, she called in, and at that time, she said that she was going to bring, Uh, she was going to ask Joe Biden to come to Benton Harbor. And my my answer was this, that's real nice, but I hope he come with a checkbook. I, I don't want him just to come because I don't want him to waste my time and I don't want to waste his time. Let's put it that way. So that's you know, some of the things that we, we was at.
2: Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I really appreciate that answer, comrade. I really do. And, you know, that kind of, you know, leads us to, um, you know, Beden Harbor. You know, Beden Harbor is the uh, supposed uh, twin city uh, of Saint Joseph. Uh, you know, but the conditions from Beden Harbor to Saint Joseph could not be more of a of a night and day contrast. So, you know, just can you explain a little bit to us the difference of conditions between Beden and Harbor and Saint Joseph, and and what do you think the cause of this difference is? Well, you, one
3: of the thing when you think of Saint Joe, you you yeah. probably think of more upper middle class. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have all the judges, prosecutors, defense attorney, they live in, in St. Joe,
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, unemployment in Benton Harbor, probably, uh, over 60%, uh, mostly fast foods places, McDonald's, uh, uh, Burger King, right. Right. uh, uh, you know, uh, Wendy's Taco Bell. Those are uh, the main jobs that that's, that's in the city. Uh, a Benton Harbor, Benton Harbor worker actually worked, you see. And I, I would say this this started years ago with the education system, uh, how they failed uh, Benton Harbor. And the problem was the people that lived in Benton Harbor didn't step up to the plate and demand more from the school system or anything else. And now it's telling because now I, they use the term, they've been beat down and stuff hmm. like that. I wouldn't use that term because you know you know where you at. You know what you got to do, and and you got to move everything away from yourself, and 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 stop thinking about your children. You see, and I think that's where we have failed at. We you know everything I'm doing right now is for the future of the children. It's not you know it's not for Reverend Pinkney. I'm small potatoes, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but our children are big potatoes. And we got to make sure that we're doing what we need to do to enhance uh, whatever they decide to do. And, and, and to me, that's the most important thing that we can ever do is take care of our children. And, and that's the next uh, 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 legacy that's followed. Our legacy is our children. And we got to make sure we let it make it happen.
2: Right on, right on, right on. And that's exactly why we're all even, even in this struggle, to make sure that we can create uh, the best world, with the best living conditions for the next generation. Absolutely, You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, brother. Hey, um, uh, you know, Sayero, so we've outlined the colonial contradictions that the African community of Bed Harbour faces, uh, but let us also look at the uh, neocolonialism in Bed Harbour. So you know, neocolonialism is the imperialist foreign domination of a people indirectly through control of the economy and social system, using members of the dominated people as administrators, or as we call it, white power and blackface. So how do you feel neocolonialism has manifested itself in Benton Harbor?
0: Well, let me take you on a little historic trip. Please uh, do. We talked about the water and Trebidium. That's the term that's used for the foggy, slushy water. This has been going on in the city of Benton Harbor for decades. It didn't just happen overnight. Whereas with the neo colonizers, and then we had an emergency manager when I took my seat or had my seat, I was elected to a seat in 2010. Uh, and in 2010, January the 4th, we had shysters, uh, before the EM came in, we had shyster city managers, uh, these individuals that were looking for quick pay. The corporation would pay them off. And then they would lie to the the commission and also the commission at that particular time not reading. They would take the word of the city manager, which was devastating because it had an impact on the people that was suppressive, oppressive and again, repressive. We had a we had a, a funnel uh, from Benton Harbor to prison it was a big ordeal. It still is a big ordeal. This all happened when 1992, when I had come into the city, there was a black mayor that was elected, uh, and I won't mention names, but she, she was a she, who promised that she would work with all the people, and she appeared to have done that, but soon, shortly after that, we saw her working with the corporation. And everything that's gone on since then has been due to the corporation, whereas the water plant had at least 12 employees at one point. When we had this emergency manager come in, it went down. They were rendered down to three employees to run a plant. No F-1 classification. It calls for F-1 classification to run a water plant in the country. Every water plant has to have an F-1 classified operator. That's one who oversees all projects in a water plant. Overseas, uh, make sure that the, the chemicals are being added properly, make sure that the system is clean, make sure that the whole system throughout the distribution is running well and clean. This failed tremendously when the EM came in who fired 65 employees, strapped the city, robbed the city under the governor, Schneider, who was a murderer, uh that is known in Flint and Benton Harbor, Ecorse, uh Detroit, Michigan, Highland Park, and others uh like Muskegon Heights. They really stripped black people, colonized people of any power or authority to speak on behalf of the people who elected them to speak on their behalf. Then you had hungry men in the meat house. I'm speaking of city managers. This is during the course of time that fell for a few dollars, lied to the people consistently. And we're talking about with this water, this dangerous situation that you wonder why people die. You wonder why they catch these cancers and all these other things that are going on. And just now they want to change all the plumbing. This is the goal is to gentrify the community. And Reverend Pinkney will attest to this, to gentrify the community where you have an influx of new creatures coming in, colonizers. And you have a lot of us either dying or leaving. And that's simply because they want to take the city back. They left that city in the 60s after the riots. Then they had white flight, we called it. And then they left the city, but they left the city with nothing, destitute. I remember coming into the city was tumbleweeds rolling down the street. So up to date, when I was seated, Prior to uh, the EM coming in, the emergency manager, I would sit there uh, with a con artist, and I'll just call him out. I don't care, because I'll tell him to his face. I don't mind. His name was Ron Carter, he was a crook. He came in with a scheme because we owed the state five thousand, no, I'm sorry, fifty thousand dollars. No, I'm sorry, five hundred thousand dollars, I'll take that back. So he came in with a scheme that said that we were gonna get the money from a bank. And so I asked the question, well, what bank are you talking about? And he could never describe this bank. But this bank was some back alley deal with a brown paper bag. Well, I'll say the state stepped in and said no. In the meantime, fleecing the children, there was a summer program that supposedly these kids had to use a debit card given to them by the city through this city manager who had this setup with these debit machines out of Chicago. For every $100 that they would procure, they had to pay up to $5 to get the $100. So they were making money, hand over fist. Kids were supposed to have been trained. There was a a program called Neighborhood Stabilization Program. This program was supposed to have Money's enough to train the children to become apprentices in the uh, fields of electrical, of course, in carpentry and plumbing. We would have had all this uh, in place if this had taken its course properly. So these kids got no training. They had summer jobs pushing brooms down Main Street, going and cleaning up vacant lots. And got nothing. I was very, and I think that a lot of us were very incensed, especially the the residents. They are already hurt. So when you look at this travesty of government, and then in government, not wanting to read for the most part, anything or anyone that would come in with a a sound plan or, or a sound substantive plan that would help the city, they would be run out. I was run out. And I'm not going to talk about me. I'm just going to talk about the issue of why things are what they are now. And that was due solely due to the lapse of thinking, solely due to the lapse of listening and adhering to sound processes that would bring good stimulus, not only for the residents, but then would enhance the government where the government would be comfortable enough to govern and then get paid. There were processes set up, plans laid out to make economic stimuluses so that then we could become what? Independent. We didn't have to rely on Boss. We didn't have to rely on whirlpool. And it seemed to me at every turn that when a whirlpool official came into the city chambers, it was like, yes, a Boss," bowing down, cowtown, deplorable, despicable. Now, that's my animus. On the other side of the bridge, there was hatred for us. There were murders done that were unsolved. They were snatching our children. These things were going on and never resolved. Reverend Pinckney understands what I'm talking about because he's there. There was a case where we had a young man named Bulldog. And I know the murder of Bulldog. And I called him out to his face. His name was Unru, Unruh. Unruh is a guilty criminal murderer of black people in the city of Benton Harbor. He's not the only one, but he's still on that police department, on that police force right now in the city of Benton Harbor, they have five weed shops. What does that mean? That means that everybody can get high and when they come in to do the cleanup and they're coming in to do the cleanup, as soon as the plumbing changes, that's the, that's the initiative, change all the plumbing, make things comfortable and then move the people out that exist there while the colonizer comes back. That is the auspices of what's going on with this water issue and any other issue. And then to mention, the governor that's now the, govern- the, co- the current governor, Gretchen Whithol- uh, Whitmer, stated that she would not abolish that heinous law that crippled and broke and uh, uh, took all or uh, divested the power out of the governing bodies. Uh, of every black community in the state of Michigan. She said it's, it's going to remain. So it doesn't matter whether they're Democrat or Republican. They're the same thing today as they were then. They don't love me nor you. They come in, pat you on the back all day, every day, feed you a free lunch or try to feed you a free lunch. And you never take a bite of that apple because it's poison. Uhuru. Uhuru.
1: Uhuru. Uhuru. Yeah. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. You, uh, Kept it real, As the young people say, uh, you kept it 100. So um, thanks for that. Now, Reverend Pinckney, what are some effects of the lead poisoning on the community?
3: One thing about lead you got to remember, uh, it's a metal and it doesn't dissolve in, in your system. Lead lasts in the body 28 days. Then it hides in the bone and the, your tissue. And it could be there for years and it's devastating. Lead. What lead actually do is poison your system completely. Uh, it affects the kidney. It causes kidney disease. That's why we have more people on dialysis, probably than anywhere. Matter of fact, I was at the dialysis place today, uh, talking to some people who had called me and wanted to know could the lead have caused them to have kidney disease. That's a question, and I had to ask for it for sure. The amount of lead that's in Benton Harbor water can cause anything, and just knowing that that much lead is in the water in some people's home, we had eight hundred and eighty nine parts per billion of lead in one lady house whose daughter had just had a baby, eight hundred and eighty nine parts. Per billion of lead in someone's water. That will kill you. That will kill you. We had another lady that had 605 parts per billion of lead in her water. She had no knowledge. Matter of fact, I don't know what she was thinking, you know. But these people don't quite understand. We had another guy that had 469 parts per billion of lead in his water. And his dog, he had a great day, a beautiful great day. The dog started losing weight, and eventually the dog died. The dog died, and we took it to the veterinarian, the first thing the vet said was that he's not going to live a week. And he died three days later. There was one couple who went out and bought some goldfish. And they wanted to start a a fish tank. They bought the fish. They put the the Benton Harbor water inside the fish tank. And uh, put the fish in there. And the fish died. Just like that. Just like that. Then he took the fish back. Dead. And showed it to the guy. He gave him some more fish. He went home. And put the fish inside the tank. And the fish died once again. So when you talk about this lead, it's poisonous, not only for you, but also for animals. It affects the liver, liver disease, and you cannot live without a liver. You cannot live without a liver, no matter what it is, you know. And this is some of the stuff that we don't even know how many people have died from this, you know. I consider the, the Governor Whitmer and Marcus Muhammad as killers. They, they knew this three years ago and did exactly nothing. And now people, they they, they offer him some bottles of water to the community and people are trying to look at them like they're heroes. These are murderers. That's what they We don't even know how many people have died from this water. We don't have a clue. We don't know how many people, we know some people have died, but they may not have classified it as death from, uh, 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 from the water, which they will never do. Because very seldom you hear uh, someone die from, from, from uh, drinking water. You won't hear that. You know, they'll come up with kidney disease, liver disease, bone disease, heart failure. See, that's another thing that this lead does. It, it gets inside your bloodstream, and it affects your heart. The heart, that's what it does. It, it, it plugs up. You have blood clots in your legs. The blood clot come from the metal, you see. You can't boil metal away. You know, No matter how hard you try it, you can't boil it away. It's still going to be there, and this is where we're at today. It's still going to be there whether you like it or not. And you're talking about heart failure, heart disease, you know. And this is is something that's inside our community that nobody seems to quite understand. How could you sit up here for three years and not tell anybody the danger of lead in the water? You can imagine the IQ of some of my children. Matter of fact, I was talking to a guy today. He told me, he said, Benton Harbor third graders have the lowest test scores in the whole state of Michigan. I said, that is not even possible. He said, yes, it is. Because we was going to come there and put a program together. But you can't be an outsider and come into Benton Harbor and get anything done. They taking this thing, this lead thing, like something. You would never believe. They're, they're taking this lead situation like because like they don't know. I, I'm not shocked that they don't know. They don't know. Very little do these people know. You got a mayor who carry five books around with him all the time and don't read one of them. Probably never read them. It's embarrassing. Lead will kill you. These are criminals. And they should be charged as criminals. So,
1: so on that point, let me ask you this, Reverend Pinkney. Now, you have formed the Bent Harbor Water Council in response to this. What are the objectives and the demands
3: that you all have put forward? Well, that's was in our petition, we demand, first of all, clean, unsafe water. That was, that was number one. And number two, uh, until we got clean, uh, safe water, we demanded bottled water for every single resident of Benton Harbor. And also number three, we we demanded a study of the water filters. You see, here's the thing about the water filters. We don't know today whether they can handle the amount of lead that's in the water in Benton Harbor. We look at it, it might be a waste of time unless we do the study. And that's what we got the federal government doing right now. That's our work. All of this is our work. The bottle of water, everything is our work. This is us. If we have not filed that petition, none of this was going, was going on in Ben would be happening. The governor wouldn't be in here. She knows that uh, uh, she's in trouble. You know, she's in trouble. As a matter of fact, on Thursday, I'm going to be going to talk to the, uh, to the uh, senators, the state senators, and the state rep. They're going to have me on Zoom. I won't, I won't be in person. And to explain to them, what really going on? See, I think Whitmer should be charged, along with Marcus Muhammad. I think both of them should be charged with, with, a, with a, even an attempted murder. Because in my eyesight, you have an obligation to tell the people that the water was bad. You have an obligation to tell them. And they failed the people here. These uh, The people in Benton Harbor have been drinking this water for three whole years. At least, that's the minimum. And nobody said a mumbling word. Did they Did they not say anything because these are black people? That's a question that needs to be answered. Thank you. Uhuru,
1: uhuru, uhuru. And I know that you uh, joined me in saying that uh, reparations, reparations are owed to the people of Benton Harbor, uh, to the African community in um, Saginaw, Flint, and all the other Africans having to deal with these Uh, genocidal conditions. Absolutely. You're listening to the People's War Radio Show, produced by WBPU, Black Power 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. Today, we're discussing the Benton Harbor water crisis with Reverend Edward Pinckney and Sayero.
2: Sayero, Benton Harbor is located directly across Lake Michigan from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Comparatively, it's about 200 miles west of Detroit. What is the historical development of the African community in Benton Harbor? I'm sure it's part of the Great Migration.
0: Well, all the historic area has been circumvented and mainly lived in now by the colonizers. The housing stock that was there at one time, which could have been rehabilitated by the residents that live in the city of Benton Harbor were torn down. They called that the land bank. That's when the city had received 6.9, I'm sorry, $9.6 million to do, uh, they, they could have done what they chose to do with it, but they chose to do demolition and they let the county do the demolition. And in fact, the total amount that was given to the city by the federal government under NSP two dollars, neighborhood stabilization program dollars, was thirteen point six million dollars. The city got seven point nine million of those dollars, but they followed that money right back to the county, hiring the county to do the demolition of the homes, which could have been rehabilitated by the residents that lived in the city. They did deconstruction where they took some of the homes and they took the paneling off, they took the wood out, you know, the flooring and all of that to do a resale for themselves, not for the residents that lived there. They further, they said that they were doing, they were ending blight. That was the game that was going on. That was the, the gimmick of our demolitioning housing. Well, in that same case, that meant that we lost residents. This was back in 2009, 10 and 11. This where we talk about that emergency manager law, which was Public Act 4 of 2011. And the same manager, the one that came in, Joe Harris, was the EFM. And then he became the emergency manager. If you talk about the uh, Upton, Upton is a congressman. He's a Republican congressman in the United States uh, government. So these games that have been going on between the county, between the state and the federal government are basically to upend the residents to colonize people that live in the city of Benton Harbor, and when you look at the escalation and we talk about the crimes, for an example, I know for a fact that there is a police two police officers that own a gun shop that sell guns to black kids. Then they set them up. They they get the driver's license numbers. They get their uh, license plate numbers. They get their address and their phone number. Then they send police to their homes to arrest them for illegally having a gun, and they get the gun back, and they resell the gun. That's what happens. That's just one of the many gimmicks. Then there's a a revolving door. We talk about uh, from the county uh, jail uh, back to Benton Harbor and no opportunity. This is all by design. And this is why I said that the city managers that have been in Benton Harbor have been the hungry men in the meat house because even going to them and, you know, city managers generally draw up the grants. They generally have grant writers. Benton Harbor does not even have its own city engineer. And that's simply because everything had been farmed out. Everything had been given over to a company called Avermarch. And the finances were counted by another company called Plant Moran. So we lost any self-sufficiency or self-efficiency, and therefore there was no way, no opportunities made available to create opportunities where we could even hire our own children to do anything. So when you talk about the lead water, lead-based water, this goes back decades. It just didn't start in 2018. This has been going on. Matter of fact, I drank the water. God knows what problems have uh, existed for me by drinking that water, as well as those who live in the city currently and those who have died in that city. So this whole conundrum that we call colonial capitalism and imperialism very well exists in the city of Benton Harbor and exists in Detroit. As you well see now that even in Benton Harbor, Black people do not go downtown. They will not go downtown simply because of the fear of what might happen to them if they do go in certain parts downtown. I remember when the first colonizer walked his dog downtown after they had restructured and rebuilt Main Street. And uh, I wasn't there when they rebuilt it, but I was there after they had rebuilt it. And I remember and recall that they were laughing and chuckling because they got their turf back. That was the mindset. That is the mindset. The whole debacle of this situation is there is no humanity and it never will be. These people are permanent enemies. I had a plan to do a water bottling plant. It was myself and another friend, another brother, a comrade. His name was Vio Luster. Vio Luster worked in the water department. He worked in the street crew. He was the boss over all of the street crew. And V.O. had an affinity to want to do for the for the people that lived in the community because he knew that they were strapped. So he would go by and do repairs, not even having had them charged. So he would do secret repairs. Then he would go back and he would attempt to have those who were working on the street crew to get higher certifications. He would even pay for that. But believe it or not, they would not go to the class to get recertified. This is the mentality that we dealt with. So we don't blame the people, we blame the colonizers simply because we know that they've done everything they can to strip humanity out of any one of us in that area, then leave us destitute, and then laugh at us because they think it's some kind of a joke while they come back in. It's a bums rush. Uh it's a death trap and it's a death wish to stay there. So
1: uh Reverend Pinckney. Ben uh, Benton Harbor is the headquarters of Whirlpool. How has the wealth of Whirlpool been built at the expense of the African community in Benton Harbor?
3: Well, re- remember one thing about uh Whirlpool Corporation, even though that Ben Benton Harbor is the headquarters, you know, they're they're around the world. And and what they have, they started in Benton Harbor, Fred up in the state rep. Uh, he's the heir to Whirlpool. His dad is the one who who put all this together. His dad and his uncle they 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 was the main two, and the reason unknown, especially by him being a house member, they became even more powerful right now. As a matter of fact, they have a, a monopoly on washer and dryers and stove and refrigerators. They have actually have a monopoly on it. And they are the ones that you have to deal with if you buy a, a washer, dryer, stove, ref- refrigerator, because they own over 70% of all washer, dryers, and stove refrigerators that is sold in this country.
1: You are listening to the People's War Radio Show, produced by WBPU, Black Power 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. Today, we're discussing the Benton Harbor water crisis with Reverend. Edward Pinkney, and Comrade Sayero.
2: Sayero. So so many of our listeners likely remember the 2003 and Harbor Uprising. Can you explain those events a little bit for us, please?
0: Yes. Well, I'll tell you, I was in Miami when that went down, but I definitely had a, all eyes on that because it was a national n- news as well. right? What happened after this uprising? Well, then it was Governor Granholm who had come in and said she wanted to create a governor's task force. In this governor's task force, she wanted to bring equity to the city residents. She wanted to bring, this is the game. Now mind, I'm saying game, because she got all the preachers involved. You had Jesse Jackson come down, and you had those neo-colonizers coming in to the city, actually to carpet bag because the residents never ever got anything out of these things you see so what they got were some programs that were false i'll give you an example
2: blueprints
0: for life blueprints for life was a game set in by through the corporation whirlpool the maniacal whirlpool under the under the under the, its uh minor corporation called cornerstone alliance and in this game they were going to teach people how to relax how to go about getting better paying jobs that never existed and how to get along in life, Life life-building courses. So they psyched a whole lot of residents out with a promise of giving them up several gift cards. And, you know, people were hungry. People were hungry and they wanted to have something in their pocket because they was not getting nothing else. There was no jobs, there were no opportunities. So in this governor's task force, They created all these programs that never really worked. They had a preacher on one end of the corner saying that he is a respite for those who needed help and they could come by at any time and get the help that they needed, but it was never any help. It was always a bunch of fluff and talk, always a game, which incensed people. What they did, they wanted to get people calm, and that was the game. At the end of the day, you had several, if not four or five, organizations. Garnering money under a 501c3, and you had the people getting nothing but duped again. You know, we even had Muhammad Ali that would come into the neighborhoods, man, and he loved, he loved us, man. Muhammad Ali would come in and pass money out to the residents, man. This is how devastating it was. Anytime you see somebody in tattered clothes, and a lot of people did have tattered clothes, had nowhere sometimes to go, had nothing to look forward to, drinking that deadly water, haven't had worked in those plants that left the city but left cancer. You talk about Cancer Alley in Louisiana, you got cancer alleys in Benton Harbor, Michigan. And I'm quite sure just as it was with Flint and DuPont cancers, these things. Reverend Pinckney, it's something real factual that it gets into your liver and it cuts your liver up. You can't ingest it. I mean, you can ingest it, but you cannot digest it. It causes these people to have diabetes. And other diseases that would put you on either ventilators or on those machines where they take your blood out, transfusions and things of that nature. And so many people have died getting uh, those treatments. I have a friend today that drives medical patients around and I am appalled at the numbers of people that die getting on that machine. That's nothing but a death trap. But these are the existing problems. Of many problems that have occurred in the city of Benton Harbor and you have not had serious governance. When you have no plan and you don't create a plan, you're destined to fail. And Benton Harbor has failed in so many ways. You couldn't even talk to people reasonably in government to have them to want to do the right thing. You couldn't get to a conscious in a lot of cases to have them do the right thing. It only takes about two to five thousand dollars to buy somebody off in Benton Harbor. And that's what they do. You sell out, you serve up. Now we talk about this gentrification. I meant what I said, that when they get the new plumbing in, that means new structures will be going up. There'll be a whole new creation of another city, but we will not be there. We will not be there.
2: Uhuru who say all right you know i really appreciate um you know even just how 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 graphic those details were as far as just the, the impact it has on on our bodies but you know i, I think that was very necessary you know cuz it really just reflects um how deadly the situation is um for african people and uh, in, in Benton harbor and and again as as you've done throughout this interview, i really appreciate you just connecting all of these, um, these, these things that we're experiencing to the source, to uh, colonialism. Really appreciate that answer, comrade. Ooh, ooh, ooh.
0: You know, I had, uh, I had two broadcasts in Benton Harbor. One was called Real Talk and the other one was called Issues and Solutions. They were so real because I would call, I would show people how to get answers to things. <clears throat> if you wanted to get information from the county assessor, because you know that you could lose your house. We're going to make a call to the county assessor and find out how we could save your house. These were the kind of calls. If you needed to know about your water billing and why you were being put upon with high bills, we'd make a call to the water department, the finance center there, and find out why your bill was so high when you weren't using that many units. Do you know they sold the radio station? Now, I won't say it's because of me, but they sold that radio station because of the impact that was having on listenership and people beginning to get educated on how to do things. That's how that happened. It's sad, but that's what we're really up against in this colonial, capitalistic, imperialistic system.
2: Right on, right on. So, Reverend Pigney, Benton Harbor has an unemployment rate of 45%. Can you outline the political economic shifts that have taken place to produce these kind of conditions?
3: Well, the the, the number one thing uh I think is a lot larger than 45%. I I, I would say it's closer to 60 to 65 percent. And anytime you miseducate it, you'll find this in a lot of communities because that was the game plan. It started maybe 25, 30 years ago with the miseducation, and now is it's the few of it right now is existing right now. That's the real major issue. Lack of education, lack of knowledge, lack of wisdom. And and, and, and to me, that's where everything is at right now. And, and even with this water issue, they don't really see it as a major issue, Black folks. And I, I know this for a fact. You can only talk about what you know. You can't go beyond that. And that's what the people in Benton Harbor, if they only talk about what they know, they can't really educate that next generation because they don't know a whole lot. That's it. Uhuru.
1: Uhuru, uhuru, uhuru. So just like Flint, Benton Harbor has experienced a specific form of colonial domination called emergency management. Now, uh, we talked about it a little bit, but can you explain what emergency management was and how it impacted the
3: community in Benton Harbor? Well, when the emergency manager came in, he came in on Public Act 72, which was really a financial manager. Coming in on Public Act 72, he only had the power to deal with the financial part of everything. But once Snyder got in there, he supersized everything. Public act, I can't think of the the Zach the, 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 the act it is, but they came in with this different act and which was uh devastating, gave the emergency manager absolute power. He was, not only was he over the finance, he had the ability to hire and fire. He had the ability to say that the the uh, electoral officials could not have a real meeting. They can they can meet, sing the Pledge of Allegiance and nothing they, they can vote on and they can they can dismiss. And one of the things that they that the emergency manager did, he wanted to control the government and he was able to sell off land. When I say sell off land, I mean exactly that he, he did anything he wanted to do. Which is so huge when you sit down and think about it. Uh, whatever his heart desired, that is exactly what he did. He sold land. He uh, 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 mis, you know, just gave things, did whatever he wanted. He, he had the ability to fire people. Had the ability to break up the union. He had the ability to do all these different things with no oversight. And and that's really the way it was with him. This guy, when he, a guy named Joe Harris came in there, he came in like a gangbuster, but he was in a public act seventy-two. And but like I said, that's strictly the financial manager, and doing what he did was so devastating. And he laid off people, and then and then the people that he didn't lay off, he didn't force them to work. Which was even more devastating. You you uh, uh, you you get rid of half the staff, and yet still you have these same you still have people there, and you're not making them work more than anything else. So the the emergency manager was devastating to the city of of Benton Harbor because it gave the emergency manager absolute power. Something that you know even more like a like a, a what a king would say. Or what a king would do, and you couldn't question what he what he could do. That was so amazing, and that's why our, uh, emergency manager in the city of Benton Harbor that's how he operated. It was shameful and it was disgraceful for
2: what he did. You are listening to the People's War Radio Show, produced by WBPU Black Power ninety six point three FM in Saint Petersburg, Florida. Today we are discussing the Benton Harbor, Michigan water crisis with Reverend Edward Pinckney. And Comrade Sayero.
1: Uh Oh, so, Comrade Sayero, after a political organizing career that spans decades, you recently joined the African People's Socialist Party. Yes. Can Can you explain your choice for us?
0: I found it to be a very disciplined party. I found it to be a very studying party because you have to understand what you're up against by studying it. I found that in sometimes I was like hamstrung because I was reactionary, but the party teaches you not to be reactionary. It's a hard pill to swallow when you have to do all your changes, but they're for the good. It's like good medicine. And that's what the party represents in my mind. And we are in solidarity that when we move, we have answers. We got an answer for everything that we do. That's accountability. That's what we need. That's called structure. That's changing your whole life. Moda, modus operandi from haphazardly running out here, well, I think I want to do this, or I think I want to do that. It stops you from chasing fires. It gets us out of the mindset that, well, you know, they did another police shooting. We're going to run over here. It tells you and shows you, the party teaches us that we have to go for the head. That is the thing. When you cut the head off, the all else is going to fall apart. And I believe that. That's why I joined the party. So so one last question.
1: What events do you have coming up? And how can people support your efforts?
3: We, we're going to have a town hall meeting November the 6th. Bangalate Thompson will be there. It's, it's going to be live from 9, 10 a.m. radio. We're going to talk about the lead crisis. We're going to have uh, uh, the petitioners there, the people who have signed on to the petition, and they're going to discuss their job and their role. We're going to have some engineers there, some doctors there, some lawyers there, and we're going to be taking names. And we're going to do everything within our power to make Benton Harbor whole again. And and also, this is the start of the class action lawsuit. This is where the lawyers will come. We're going to be. We're going to have several lawyers. We already got twelve lawyers that worked with me uh, on to file this petition. And to file our lawsuits against the EPA. But now what we're doing, we're doing a class action for the city of Benchinai. We plan on pulling uh the mayor into this and the governor into this and the EPA into this. So we're we're working, we're jockeying uh different lawyers will handle handle different parts of this, and we, we're gonna do everything within our power to make this thing happen.
2: You have been listening to the People's World Radio Show. Today we discussed the Beddon Harbor-Michigan water crisis with Reverend Edward Pinckney and Akin Shelly, Sayero Oshosi. Our theme song, Colonial Virus, was written and performed by Liki and Ngoma. Thanks to the People's World Radio Show's production, research, and promotion team, including Jaja Robinson, Empress Livewire, and the Hipster Panda. Uhuru. So we stay
3: down with the
2: colonial- This has been The People's War Radio Show, produced by WBPU Black Power Radio at 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. WBPU is a project of the African People's Education and Defense Fund.
0: The baddest nonprofit on the planet.
2: Whose mission is to defend the human and civil rights of the African community. And address the grave disparities faced by African people in education, healthcare, and economic development.
0: For more information on the African People's Education and Defense Fund,
2: visit apedf.org.
1: Episodes of the People's World Radio Show are available on the Black Power Talks podcast. For updates and resources
2: to fight the coronavirus or to volunteer with Project Black Onk, visit developmentforafrica.org. Thank you for listening. Colonial virus. Mass
3: incarceration, that's colonial virus.